Good morning. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Would y'all agree? I see so many smiling faces. I see people that are blessed. I see people that love the Lord. I see people that have love for others. I see many disciples out here that have a calling that they should be doing. But most of all, what I see is love. Love for your fellow man, love for others. That's what we're called to be as followers of Christ, to show love for others. Would you agree? Now, yes, Drew's not here, and I can't believe Drew left me up here. But I thank God for the opportunity to come. It's truly a blessing to be able to share what God has placed on my heart today. It really is. I'm excited because most of y'all know me. I'm just, I'm, one, I'm that guy full of energy always going. And, you know, I think I've said this before. Sometimes I feel like I just want to jump. And if I do, just forgive me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just filled right now. So, we're going to continue our message or in our study in the series of Mark. And as we've been going through Mark, and it's Mark is just like a reporter. He's just bang, bang, bang. It's one story after another, one activity. But last week, we saw a little break in the activity. As Drew talked about John the Baptist and the death of John the Baptist and, and all that. And today we're going to get back on track a little bit as we talk about something that I believe most of you are familiar with, right? How many of y'all have heard of the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with a show of hands? <laughs> I can tell because there's a bunch of Christians in here, a bunch of Bible scholars. Now, I'm going to ask the question, and you're going to get one opportunity to answer this question. How many loaves were there? Show of hands. Five. Wow. I can just go sit down now, right? Because you know the story. Every, we've heard this many times. We've heard this when we're youth or sitting in, in children's group. We heard our teachers tell us that story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? This is nothing you have not heard. Would you agree? Not the story, right? But God has a way in his word to, to give us something different. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, how many times you've heard this story. God has a way of giving us something different each time. Why is that? Because the word of God is a living word of God. It's alive. It has the ability to change and transform, to adjust. Every time you read it, you'll get something different. And I believe today, I believe God has put up on my heart to give you something different today. So, yes, it was five loaves and two fish. But we're not going to focus on the food today. Just a little bit. We're going to focus a little bit on it because I know if I start talking about food, then I'm going to start hearing stomachs growling, and, and I'm going to get the alert from the guys in the back. Say, it's time to go, launch. We've got to feed these folks. So. Our lesson scriptures, again, are going to be from Mark chapter 6, 
verses 30 through 44. But before I read, I have a little, I want to, I have a little introduction. I want something I want to share. I want to get your mind right. In today's world, specifically here in the United States, there are many ways one can get food. Would you agree? You go down to Mall if you like Mexican food, we have several Mexican restaurants in Mall You can get all you want. So there's many ways or cuisines of food that you can get. One way you can get food is going to Kroger or to your local grocery store, and you can go buy the food, right? My wife uses the click list. They've made things a lot easier. You go online, you click what you want, you drive up there, and you go pick up the food. Food there, and as long as her husband is at home, by the time she drives up to help her unload it, I'm a good husband. So you can go to the grocery store. Second way, another way you can get to food, and most of us like to do this specifically on Sundays, is go to the restaurant. We go to we pick our restaurant, we look forward, and we go to the restaurant, we select the type of food or cuisine we got. May it be whatever you want, chicken, hamburgers, Mexican, Asian, whatever type of food you want, you can go get these days. You can go to a restaurant, you, it's prepared for you, it's brought to your table, and you sit up there and you have a good meal. And you're fed and you walk out of there feeling good about yourself. <clears throat> Another way I've seen of late and what's going to be coming across are food trucks. Food trucks are all over the place. So you can go to a food truck. Any, there's several ones that you can go to. You can go to the up. You can order your food. They'll prepare for you right in there. And you can take that food with you. You can go to your office. Or you can go home with it. Several ways that we can get food. So now for one to be able to, again, for now for one to be able to go to the grocery store, go to the restaurant, or go to the food truck, you have to have one thing. That's the form of payment. You have to have money, either cash or your, your debit card, or your credit card, or, you know, giving your word these days just doesn't work going to Sunny Steakhouse and say, man, I'll pay you tomorrow. This doesn't work. But you got to have some type of form of payment. <clears throat> now, I want to take you back to my childhood. What if you're a 12-year-old boy and your mom and dad are at work, all right? And you wake up, they're going to work, you wake up 9, 10 o'clock, they're going to work, and you're hungry. And you find out that your brother ate the last bowl of Fruit Loops. You ever been there, guys? Those are brother? Yeah, we remember that. You get up, you wake up, you walk to the refrigerator, you walk to the fancy, yeah, I'm going to get some. You're hungry, you walk half seat, I go in there, John, where are the Fruit Loops? Man, you ate the last bowl of Fruit Loops. Been there. So what do you do? Well, you improvise. I look, there's no Fruit Loops. And I look in the pantry, I see grape nuts. Oh, man, 12 year old like, grape nuts, really? But that's my dad's cereal. I can't touch dad's cereal. He likes grape nuts. Then I see cornflakes. Cornflakes. Man, I really don't want cornflakes because I have to add sugar to cornflakes because I'm not just going to eat cornflakes like cornflakes. I want the sugar in my cornflakes. So, 
All right, I go with the cornflakes. I go to the cornflakes. All right, I'm getting my breakfast. All right, no food, let's go cornflakes. I'm going to get it. So I grab the bowl, pour the cornflakes in there, grab the sugar. I go, melt on, then go, and I sprinkle it all on there. I'm getting it all ready to go. Go to the refrigerator, grab the carton of milk. I open the spout. I pour the milk in like, it's no milk. Been there, guys? You got brothers? Yes. There's no milk. So what do I do? Like, ah, what am I going to eat? So I improvised again. For me, a 12-year-old boy in the early 80s, improvised meaning, and I'm ashamed to say this, but some of you may not, syrup sandwiches. You ever made a syrup sandwich? Some were late, mom, you know. It's taking two loaves of bread and you're putting syrup on it, you pat it together, you go eat it. A lot of you kids don't know about stuff like that. You have no clue. But those are the things you did just to get something to eat. You improvised. You made up meals. I know it's hard to relate for you guys that are you're, the 2000, 2000, the young folks, you don't relate to stuff like that. Because everything is automatic and prepared. But there was a time you had to improvise. Now I'm going to use my mom as a example. I told her I had to ask permission. So for my mom, growing up in the mid-50s, in a country town, rural Texas, rural county Texas, rural Texas, they would improvise. She grew up with eight brothers and four sisters. Yeah, eight. And she told me a story. She said, Leo, I said, Mom, what y'all do when y'all were hungry? Because her mom, dad would be out to work, mom would be working, it would just be them. And the olders were left, the older kids were there to take care of the young ones, so they had to feed them. So what would you do, Mom? Y'all would go get y'all a chicken out the coop, grab that chicken, wring that chicken's neck. Yes! Talk to Miss Hale after this. Wring the chicken's neck to kill it. They'll go in there, pluck the feathers off that chicken. Grease would be hot, and one of the older sisters would be cooking it. And they would eat that chicken. And all the evidence would be gone before mom and daddy got home. They improvised. We're talking about food here, people. Many ways that you can get food. And mom, I'm going to use you one more time. Me and mom always talk about food. My mom loves to cook. She's always got something prepared. or she ain't got nothing, she's always ready to prepare something. The trick is that with my mom, you go to my mom's house, she's going to give you something to eat, regardless if she had cooked it for her or whatever. She's always cooking something. She'll give me a to-go plate or, or some container to take back with her. And I'm that son. I say, oh, I'm going to go, all right, I got to give it back. So I'm going to clean, clean it back up, make sure she get it back so I can get something else. But me and my mom talked about this the other day. My mom on her set income and has a little bit coming in. It's just her. But mom always tell me she is never hungry. As long as she has cornmeal and some salt meat, you're not going to help me go hungry because you can turn that cornmeal to anything she need to be done. God love her. She knows how to survive. And the one thing that my mom always told me, she is thankful for what she has. Thankful for what she has. That's perspective. That's improvising. And I say all this 
about food. How does this all relate to feeding 5,000? Let's go see. Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 30. Get back here. Oh, it's one verse there. There we go. Excuse me. And it reads, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him, and he said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into a surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they had five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. It's a lot of people in it. 5,000. Thousand men. Now, let's take a quick look at verse 30 to 33, because I'm going to step through these verses. And my theme with these verses, I want you to focus on not as much as the miracle itself, but I want you to put yourself in the position of the disciples or the apostles in this story. The one thing we're going to learn about the disciples here, or the apostles, specifically the apostles, that they were tired. In previous verses below, and I'm going to just go in and I want to share, these apostles, it says here in 30, verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. See, this is a reference back to the beginning of the chapter where Jesus sends out the 12 apostles, where he sends them out two by two to go out to their people, go out to to their own Jewish people, to the different communities, telling them to repent. Not only did he give them the power to tell them to repent, he gave them the power to heal their sicknesses as well. So, at this time, when they returned, gee, they, they, the, the 12 apostles had been out throughout all the villages and going out healing and telling the teaching and preaching or proclaiming the people to repent. So I want to draw something here out of this verse. It says, again, in verse 30, I'll go back here one more time. The apostles returned, and Jesus told him all they had done and taught. Now, again, 
Back to verse 6. Now, I want to step up verse 6. There's one important thing, or actually it's verse 7. He says, And he called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey, except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and put on two tunics. So when he left, again, when he sent them out, he sent them out with nothing. They were to take nothing with them. No money, no food, no bags to carry anything in. So when we come back to our verse 30, we see that they have come back from being out, being sent out by Jesus. So you have to imagine that they too were tired and hungry from all their travels that they've been. Because they didn't take anything with them. See, the idea was that they, when they were there, they were to earn their food. They were to work for their food while they were out. So while they were out, how they earned their food, how they earned was to work with the people as they were out proclaiming with the people. Kind of like what Paul did. Paul was a tent maker. As Paul traveled throughout the Gentile nations, he would work with the people and work for his money. And that is the idea that the apostles had here. So after telling Jesus all they had done, casting out demons and healing the sick and proclaiming the people to repent, Jesus recognized something in the apostles. Which leads us to verse 31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and what? Rest a while. He knew they were tired. Jesus recognized the fact that these apostles had been out, they haven't been eating, they've been out proclaiming, and they've been out in the world walking, and he recognized that they were tired. So he says, come to out to, it's again in 31, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest for a while, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. What does that mean? They, they, they had no time. The crowd was not only following Jesus, but because of the miracles and the healing that those 12 apostles were doing themselves, they had a following. And the crowd was looking to be healed. They had, they had their different ailments and they were just crowded. And, and the apostles were like, oh my God, we just can't get away. I just need some rest. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I just need to get away for a moment. Have you ever felt like that? The pressures of life coming at you, one thing at another, maybe the job, it may be stress, it may be something. Everything is coming at you. You just want to get away and rest. I'm here to tell you, Jesus understands that you need rest. And he wanted to pull his disciples and recognize them on it and take them to a desolate place. See, the apostles also, again, they were drawing crowds, sent, drawing crowds after being sent, and there were so many, and all they wanted was rest. Verse 32 and 33. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. What a crowd! 
So they, Jesus and his apostles, seeking rest, got on a boat to, a, to head to go to a desolate place by themselves. That was the goal. Jesus said, y'all need rest? Let's go over here to this desolate place so you can rest. Get away from the crowds. But just like any crowd, they <laughs> don't give up. Why? The people are desperate. They were hurting. They needed, they wanted to be healed. They had needs. So they were desperate. So when Jesus, Jesus and the apostles attempted that's like they could, they couldn't, they, the, they were attempting to go and they were getting on the boat, people recognized, oh, there go Jesus. Oh, there go their disciples. You see where they're going. And what did the people do? They take off running on the land ahead of them. Okay, we're going, we know where they're going. Let's go, let's go, go. And a crowd of people start following them, running. Just to be healed, just to have to touch Jesus' garment, just to hear Jesus speak. Because Jesus understood their need, and they were desperate. They were lost. The apostles, again, the apostles were tired and hungry. They were seeking rest from the crowds, but none was to be found there. So Jesus understood their need to rest, so they went away on the boat to a desolate place to rest, but the crowds wouldn't let them. The world wouldn't let them. Life wouldn't let them. Because they had a need. People had needs. And they saw that, the, that Jesus and his apostles could help them with that need. Verse 34, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Focus on one word. He had compassion. Jesus, when he got off the shore, when he came, got off the boat and came on the shore, and they recognized, and he saw all the crowds of people waiting for him to come ashore, get off the boat. And he's like, oh, my God, they're supposed to be arrested. And he saw the people, and he steps off the boat to the shore. And the first thing he says, or Mark tells us that he had compassion. See, I like the way the New King James Version said, says it. New King James Version, and it has it better captures it. Let me read it to you. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion for them. Meaning in the deepest sense of having love and pity towards the crowd. You ever felt like that about somebody? Where you had so much pity, so much love, so much compassion that it hurts you right here. That's what Jesus felt. He saw man in its weakest form. He looked in their faces and saw their hurt. He saw their pain. He saw their need of a Savior. That's what he saw. That's compassion. Have you ever looked at another individual 
Have you ever looked at your neighbor or somebody in need and with that type of compassion? That's a lot. That shows Jesus' selfless effort and love and care that he had for others. That's what we can learn from that. It's not all about us, because sometimes we do. It's love and looking at your fellow man with love and compassion. That's what you ought to get from that. Again, the sense, again, again, this compassion is a sense, this, this sense of compassion is one fits one would feel in their gut. That deep yearning. So why did Jesus have such deep compassion for the crowd? Because, verse 34, part B, I like to say it, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. What does that mean? So what, so what does that mean? See, Jesus knew that without a shepherd, sheep were in a lot of trouble. They were in a lot of trouble. Sheep are dumb animals. Y'all are sheep. <laughs> Did I really call you dumb? Not technically, but the idea we are lost without our shepherd. We are lost without Christ. That's what I mean. And Jesus understood the fact when he looked at them, again, he said, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. See, they can't, see, sheep can't fend for themselves against predators. Jesus saw that they were lost and that each face reflected a need, a hunger, and a hurt. Because he looked at them in their face. He saw it in their eyes. That deep compassion, that's what he saw. He felt that. He saw their hurt. He saw their needs. Remember again, why did they come over here? Why did they get on that boat and come to this place? They wanted rest. This was a time for rest. But you see Jesus, he is, he's thinking about others. He's still having compassion. He sees their need. And he wants to help them as the shepherd should. Our great shepherd. So what does Jesus do? It says, and he began to teach them many things. In other words, as a faithful shepherd, Jesus took care of their most pressing need. What was that? He fed them. He fed them the word of God. That's what he fed them. He took care of their spiritual needs. He saw what they needed. Yes, there was healing that had to be done. There's there always that people were coming to be healed, but he saw something deeper that we can't see. Took care of their spiritual needs. He fed them the word of God. See, this reminds me of something. I'm going to go quickly. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 4. Verse 1 through 4. Let me read it real quick. Then Jesus was led up, and I'll just give you a hint. It's about the temptation of Christ. And Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
But he answered, it is written. Ready? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What was Jesus feeding them? The word of God. Taking care of that spiritual need. Are you hungry today? I'm not talking about your stomach. I'm talking about is your spirit hungry today? Are you feeding yourself daily with the word of God? If you're not, you're starving yourselves. Be in the word daily as much as you want that bowl of fruit loops worth the word of God in your life. My youth, put down the phones for a while. Seek God. Seek his word. Let, let, let that feed into your body. Let that word of God feed into your spirit. It will change your life. So yes, Jesus fed them the word of God. See, Matthew also tells us in his version of the same story, tells us that he also healed the sick as well. Now, this teaching and healing went on all evening. And let me remind you, remember, they were coming to the desolate place for what? Rest, right? Nobody's thinking about rest. At least not Jesus. But I wonder what those apostles and disciples were. They've been on it all day. And that's our human nature. The disciples represent our human nature, who we can be. I'm tired, man. Jesus, you know, tired. I just need some rest. I'm eating good. I've been on this road, this dirt. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. I'm just hungry. But, but this, but this crowd—they just, they just won't let us rest. But Jesus saw compassion, and as Jesus, I can just see the disciples just watching them. And some may be thinking—I don't know—but I'm just thinking of the human nature, how we are sometimes, because we do get tired. We do want our rest. We do want to forget about things and just kind of sit down and do nothing. Because that's their human nature. And I believe some of the disciples may have had that. Back to our lesson, scriptures. Verse 35 and 36. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Like I said, it's been going on for a while. Jesus is teaching. He's sharing the word of God. People are being healed. The crowd is just keep growing and they're running from one side of the, the sea to the other. And they're just coming and just having a good old revival out in the country in this desolate place. No Kroger's, no Walmart, no McDonald's, none of that. I ain't even thinking about food. Just out there having a good time. Out there listening to Jesus. So here, we, again, we can see the time of Jesus shepherding the crowd by teaching them and healing them had gone late into the evening, which led the disciples to come to him saying, and their quote again, they come to him and say, send them away. Excuse me. This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. 
send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. He said, come on, Jesus. Well, Jesus, we've been out here. It's getting late, Jesus. They're getting hungry. We're also hungry too, Jesus. It's been great. It's time to send them away so we can get some rest, so we can go eat. That's what the disciples come to Jesus about. So again, so what was the need that the disciples recognized? We know Jesus recognized the need, the hurt. He recognized that the people were hungry. He recognized that the people were in, needed to be saved, that they were lost. But what, the, what was the need that the disciples bring up? They recognized, they'd rather say, they, they're hungry, Jesus. See, the disciples were looking at the physical aspect of it. Again, say they, again the disciples recognized it was late and the crowd needed food. So they need to be sent away in order that they may get food before it's late. That's what the disciples saw. Maybe some of us see like, Lord, you need to hurry up because I'm getting hungry and you need to speed it up. You know how we are because when that physical nature, that physical part takes over, it's hard to fight. When the stomach starts growling and when you're tired and cranky, you get the same things. You're not thinking right. You're just thinking about yourself. That's what they were doing. Again, remember, this day in the mind of his apostles was supposed to be a day of rest and leisure. Away from the crowds. It's been going on, you know, they started some, maybe sometime in the morning, got on the boat. Now we're late into the evening. The crowds are still there. And they're saying, we still haven't rested, Jesus. I'm tired. I'm hungry. That was why they were in here in this desolate place, but the crowds kept coming and there was no rest to be found. <sighs> I'm even exhausted now. Jesus had a plan. He had a plan. Verse 37. But when they came to him, but he answered them. What did Jesus say? You give them something to eat. Huh? Yeah, he told you. He said, yeah. Daryl, you give him something to eat. Okay. Jesus, I'm, I've been serving all morning. Uh, I've been supposed to be resting, Jesus, but this is going all day. It's time to go. I'm hungry. But no, give him something to eat. Okay. See, I'm going to figure out. Pull out my wallet and see I got... Well, there's a lot of people here. Let me see. I got my debit card here. Got a little cash. So, man, I can't feed 5,000. I can't feed all these people. That's what they're saying. So, Jesus responded again. He responds to the disciples and said, You give them something to eat. And the point is, guys, this was a test. Jesus was testing them, He was testing them. He wanted to see how they respond. He wanted to see how much they grew, who they trusted. He wanted to know all that. He wanted to know where their hearts were at. He knew they were tired. He knew they were hungry. But what Jesus is saying, my mission doesn't stop. You're focusing on the wrong thing. I am right here with you. And you're worried about food. You're worried about rest. That's our human nature. 
And, what and when he says, you feed them, their response, shall we buy 200 denarii or spend 200 days worth of wages getting these folks food? And honestly, y'all, that was impossible. There's no way they were going to feed all those men. 200 denarii could not feed all those folks, so they were just making the statement. What were they doing in that case? They were focused on how they could do it. They were focused on human ways. They were focused on how their needs, they were, they were how would I put it? They were more interested on how they could do it. They weren't thinking the ways of Christ. Jesus Christ right here. And they're ready to start collecting money, figure out, okay, how we're going to do it. Again, you give them something. And he said to them, shall we go and buy 200 denarii? The disciples said, shall we buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them to eat? No. Now, to make this more interesting, in John, it was Philip answered him. It was Philip. It was a conversation. You go, John, John gives a little detail. He says it's Philip that asked this question. 200 denarii worth of bread would not even be enough for each of them in the crowd. That came from Philip, according to John's version. Philip recognized that's not enough. 200 denarii is just not enough. That's not going to fix the problem. And their mind are thinking, you still got to, we got to send these folks away. They're going to have to fend for themselves. Again, this was a test. So this idea of disciples feeding the crowd was far-fetched or basically impossible for them to accomplish within themselves. They were looking within themselves and their own knowledge and understanding how they could feed the people. That's where they were failing. Their first thought was to throw money at it. That's what we like to do. When we got problems, we want to throw some money at it, and it's going to take care of everything. But you ain't got enough money, y'all. I ain't going to help. I don't care how much money you had. There was not enough money to feed those people. They didn't have enough. Secondly, Jesus told them to go look at what they already had. And that's where I'm going to go here in verse 38. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Five loaves of bread two fish. You see, five loaves and two fish were not enough to really feed two people. Especially me, when I'm hungry. Imagine. It's not enough. Verse 39, 4, then he commanded them to all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves, excuse me, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. So Jesus knew what he was about to do. Remember, this was a test. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. This was a test for his disciples. So in knowing that, he knew also the physical needs of the crowd that was food. He then took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and said a blessing. 
that he is thank that, that blessing was, that is to thank the Father in heaven. He took the bread and left that and said, Father, thank you for what you are providing. Thank you for providing this food for these people. And what happens? Then he takes the bread, they thank, thank the Father for the provision of the meal. Then he broke the loaves, he gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and he divided two fish among them as well. All this to test his disciples. Okay? Verse 42. And they all ate and were satisfied. All ate and were satisfied. New King James Version said, they all ate and they were filled. Their bellies were full. Are you telling me, Lawrence, that five loaves and two fish fed 5,000? Yes. How did five loaves and two fish feed 5,000? Because Jesus uses whatever he has, and that's all they had. Five loaves. They didn't have to go buy anything. He just said, what do you got? I'm going to make what you have work. Mom, all you have is cornmeal and salt meat. You make that work every time. She may not be feeding 5,000. She may be feeding 5 or 10, but it works. God uses us for what we have. Give God everything that you have, and he can make a miracle out of it. That's what he did. He made a miracle. 5,000 were fed. Not only were they fed, they were filled. They were satisfied. See, not only did Jesus take care of their spiritual needs by feeding them the word of God, he also took care of their physical needs. He knew what they needed. Jesus knows what you need. As you can see, our Lord is able and willing to provide all of our needs spiritually and physically. He is our way maker in desolate places for our life. Do you trust in God? Do you trust in Jesus to deliver, to be that way maker? So when you have Jesus, he's able to provide for every need. All we have to do is trust in him. Do you trust in Jesus today? Are you hungry? You ought to be hungry for his word. And my challenge for you today, don't focus so much on the physical food. Get into the spiritual food, the one that's going to save and fill your soul. That's what God wants from you today. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. I just want to thank you for your provision in my life, Lord. And I pray that through these words and through your message of the feeding of 5,000, that the folks that are in hearing distance hear 
here in the place today or here online, Lord, they hear that you are our provider for all things that we have. Lord, there is nothing that we cannot do, can do on our own. And we give it all to you, Lord, that you would take care of us and provide for our every need. Lord, if there's one here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, that does not understand what it means to be fed spiritually, Lord, I pray that something was said today, Lord, that would touch their heart, that they can feed upon, Lord, just to give them a taste of your true love and blessing and compassion that you have upon our lives. Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And again, I pray that all here was said that would honor you, Lord, and all glory goes back to you. Thank you for allowing me to be your vessel. These things ask in Jesus' name. Big congregation say, amen.